All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, everybody else in between, uh, welcome back to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, uh, episode six. Um, talking sports, Jared. Talking more Super Bowl. Talking uh, baseball again as much as we can, even though every time we talk about it, I just get more and more depressed. But whatever, I guess. Uh, nothing we can control. Talking obviously Super Bowl because that's what everybody cares about and wants to uh, is looking forward to this Sunday. We'll talk a little bit of uh, some insane props. Last episode we talked more player specific, actual real props that you could bet on. Uh, more so today, more ex- obscure props that Jared does not know, and I want to get his sort of blind picks and reactions on to see which uh, which side he'll take. Uh, we'll take. A good chunk of this and make our official picks for Super Bowl 56. And then at the end of the episode, we'll try to break down uh, just an absolutely absurd video that's been cycling through the internet uh, the last day or so. But uh, initially, Jared, how are we feeling about uh, how the lines are looking so far? Super Bowl, everything else going on? Are we feeling okay right now? No, I feel horrible <laughs> about that line because it doesn't seem like there's enough value. Like on the Rams, right? Minus like four and a half. Have, yeah, well, they're minus four right now. I see four, four and a half. Yeah, it's. But like, if you want to bet money line, you're basically getting one to two odds, right? So you got to put a hundred down just to profit fifty. And then if they and lose, I it's still like think that the sucks. Could potentially win. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know if the, like I don't know if they have the juice to beat the Rams right now with the way that like. A, I don't know. I've 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 kind of doubted. Well, I haven't really necessarily doubted the Bengals. I've always took them to like cover. Right. And they end up winning the game, right? But, but like I don't know if I could take the money line and I hate that line. I think four is a bullshit line. I think like sports books should probably get into a habit of just or like in football. Like it shouldn't be you know, like a, a four points like what the what the fuck is that? You know, yeah. and like that's not a scoring increment. I think you should do three points. You could offer like a six point line and a seven point line. Right. Or like even seven and a half if you don't want stuff to push. But I just I hate when I don't even mind six as much because there's always seems to be a missed extra point these days yep. or like something like that where yep. like six happens or two two field goals even. Right. That makes sense. But four points is a fucking weird line and I, I hate it to death. Well, it's and funny. I, I'll, I'll alt myself. If I, if I really want, if I believe in the Bengals, I'll take better odds than the Rams money line and I'll bump those odds down to at least get a touchdown for the Bengals. Yeah, what's funny like, is that you said about the Bengals, you're like, I've always, you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like they're good, right? they're they're here for a reason and this and that but like you're what you just broke down on them is exactly how everybody's looked at them so far been like they're good but i don't know if they're good enough to win like i don't know you know like well they just they had nine they're not gonna beat the titans they're good but like the titans are gonna beat them they beat the titans okay well they beat the titans then they beat whoever like they get to play the chiefs okay they're good but they're not good enough to beat the chiefs and then they beat the chiefs it's like well they're not good enough to beat the fucking rams like the rams pass rush is so good and there's like what if they fucking win? Like, you just don't know. Like, realistically, yeah. probably not going to happen. No, it, but it's like, dude, who literally, I'm not going to sit here definitively and be like, they're not going to win because that's just, you they, don't they know. Could, they could win the game. They could win the <laughs> they game. They could win the fucking Super Bowl. To, it, it really comes down to um, if Joe has enough time to get the ball off. Because I know, I know he was sacked nine times and they won that game against the Titans. But like, fuck, man. You're playing, you're really playing with fire there yeah oh yeah you know like letting up yeah letting up that many sacks and that that many pressures and think that you're gonna be able to succeed on the back end and like 
although we went through the stats the other day and the Titans, you know, the Titans stats looked like, and the, and the Bengals defense even like, you know, like we did some comparisons of the stats in one of the other episodes and we're like, well, shit, the Rams aren't even that good. As much as like we've, the, the numbers will show you like that team is really good defensively, yep. even though sometimes they look like shit and they just get like, you know, I think like when they played the Seahawks this year at one point, like they lost twice to the Seahawks. The, he's been in the league for like ever. Right? Like somebody, it, uh, what is his name? Seahawks. He started like four games, but anyway, he comes in. He was a stud in college. Uh, Geno Smith. Yeah, oh yeah. I was so surprised when when Geno Smith was in the league. Still, I was like, like my my roommate said it, and I was like, Geno Smith. Wait, like, Geno? You know, because he's like, yeah, you're like. He's like a 2009, yeah, 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 you know, like 2009 college guy. So just like you haven't seen him around, whatever. But anyway, he came in in the end zone and like orchestrated like a 98 yard drive. And like when you see the Rams do shit like that, you're like, like how am I supposed to feel about him? So yeah. I don't know. That's that's kind, of, that's kind of an ambiguous line. I don't like it. I'm probably gonna just because we talked about it. We love Joey so much. I'm probably gonna uh, probably go with some do something with the Bengals. But yeah, I haven't figured out that exact number yet but i will by the end of the episode because i want to look at the alt line odds exactly well yeah we're feeling we're not feeling good about the the super bowl it sounds like which is fine we don't need to because uh you know it's fine we don't need to make our picks yet officially until the later in the episode until so you have about 30 minutes to lock in your absolute guarantees for the game so just keep that in the back of your head but <laughs> but in the meantime Quickly touching on MLB negotiations. Uh, nothing new, Jared. Uh, nothing new, because why would there be anything new? Um, the players and the owners continue to not be able to get on even close to the same page, which is obviously very frustrating for fans. Major League Baseball came out and said that they request a an official uh, mediator, federal mediator, requested it i guess i thought when they requested it or they mentioned it that that was like what was going to happen and then the players are like yeah we just reject that so that's not going to happen and it's just like dude fucking it's not even with them like they say like oh they're meeting like one step forward two steps back it's like a half step forward and then 10 steps back like it seems like they're getting further apart and there's more i don't know man we're not going to spend too much time on it but the update with Major League Baseball is that they are just in shambles right now. And they're just, man, they're in a bad spot. They're in a really, really bad spot. Definitely going to miss some spring training games. Probably going to have the season delayed, um, which only really makes sense because, you know, that's what baseball does. That's what Rob Manfred does is he just fucks the game over consistently and has no clue about the actual game. And he wants to speed up the pace of play and do all these things and address issues that aren't actual issues. But then when it comes down to crunch time, guy's got no fucking clue. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Major League Baseball. But uh, moving on, we already touched on the Super Bowl, obviously. We've had uh, some talks, like we mentioned, about some actual props that are real. Player props, combined player props. Um, in, the, in the years past, Jared, as you know, being in the industry, I don't know like what's happened or if if like legislators or regulators i guess you could say in the states like don't want to uh, uh like have to manually approve the bets where it's like heads or tails on the coin toss or like the fucking gatorade color of the winning coach all that shit 
that people actually like and that's like fun for people who aren't huge like sports people to bet on right time of the anthem mm -hmm. like all this stuff length of the anthem in seconds versus matthew stafford passing yards like that's fun to bet on like that's cool that's funny but they're like not regulating that anymore which is disappointing but that doesn't mean that offshore books uh aren't regulating or aren't offering these things they don't have any regulations so they can offer whatever the hell they want and i came across a handful of <laughs> props that were offered on bovada who we are not endorsing or recommending you use them but it's fun to talk about this type of stuff because these are the the props that we talk about that are more entertaining and uh, these actually came from my my brother who has just started to get into the sports gambling stuff and a lot of the action he has is similar to what we talked about before right super bowl mvp he said you know he's got money on von miller to win super bowl mvp like okay you know that's a fun one another one he he had was eric weddle to win super bowl mvp like that's you know plus thirty thousand. it's not gonna happen but hey i mean you never know eric weddle could have two pick sixes and it's like oh i guess yeah. eric weddle's mvp but not gonna happen right or, lo or a lo low scoring game and just two picks yeah you know, two picks like yeah i'm like that you know critical picks you know picking the end zone and and then you start playing that little scenario in your in your mind mm -hmm. a little bit like you can hear you can start hearing the announcer saying it this guy yeah. wasn't even in the league yeah, yeah, this guy wasn't even in the league yeah, six weeks ago. Exactly. He comes off and he wins the Super Bowl MVP. It's like you just play that little stupid scenario. Again yeah. And you're like, Why not throw five bucks? On yeah. Me? Yeah. So, um, you know, these props are the most obscure, in my opinion, but also the most fun to talk about. And these are ones that we'll obviously be probably putting out on on our other channels. But uh, the first one here uh, that my my brother passed along to me. And this is an this is a very interesting one, Jared. The payout is minus one twenty five, yes, and plus one fifty for no. Okay, so minus one twenty five, yes, plus yep. one fifty for no. And the prop is from the moment the ball is kicked off to start the game to when the clock hits zero at the end of the game. The price of Bitcoin will go up. That is the general prop. Yes is minus 125. No is plus 150. And you start to think about that. And you're like, well, why the hell would Bitcoin go up? Like, why would anything change? But it's like, well, you have, you know, crypto.com commercial with Tom Brady or some new crypto ad because, you know, there's going to be some crypto tossed in somewhere in the game right it's going to be mentioned not maybe sure. not by it'll, the announcers it'll, it'll be all over it exactly it'll be all over the commercials though exactly so you hear about that or you see a commercial with tom brady and he's like yeah i just put another i just bought another three bitcoin and then you check the bitcoin price and it just skyrockets or whatever i think that, that one is much. exactly it's, it's, a, it's kind of a weird but yeah yes minus 125 would make sense because like you said um like obviously there's going to be advertising for it and it's hugely like widely viewed obviously exactly maybe some people but i don't know at the same time i don't know that's tough because it's like like where are they re regulating the movement obviously that's like a little bit different on every platform but like obviously but if it goes up it's gonna go up you know right um <laughs> i think that one's just i don't know i think yeah i think yeah i kind of want to say yes but it's like at the same time i never know what the fuck's gonna happen with crypto. right well like it might jump up five percent when like sometimes you just like i'll get the notification from crypto.com and say bitcoin is up 10 percent today and i like i don't necessarily know why 
Right. But, well, I don't think anybody actually so knows, knows why. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a, like what is this Matthew McConaughey say in Wolf of Wall Street? It's a fucking fugazi. Like nobody knows if it's going up, down, it's a fugazi, side. It's a fugazi. It's yeah. a woozy. It's a wazi. Yeah. Nobody actually fucking knows. But if it's mentioned, if it's included in commercials, if it's something that they talk about, or they like, you know, they kick it down to the sideline guy. Yeah. Uh. You know, Odell Beckham had it. You know, has had a great time in L.A. And not sure if you guys were, you know, on top of this or not, but he actually decided to accept his his paychecks from the Rams in Bitcoin. And like, you know, like something like that, where it's like they mention it and then everyone's like, oh, shit. You know, like people who didn't know that or people who don't, you know, fuck, I guess I'll just go get Bitcoin because OBJ's got Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want to know something that's kind of fucked up is last year. I kind of had a similar thing. I wasn't an offshore book, but I actually bought. I traded out of something I had and I bought like $2,500 with like, of, I already had a bunch of Dogecoin, but I bought like $2,500 extra dollars with the Dogecoin because I heard there was going to be a Dogecoin Super Bowl commercial and it didn't, it went, it dropped like a motherfucker because like nobody saw the commercial and everyone panicked because they bought it. I think a bunch of people heard about that same rumor, panicked because they bought it and it actually <laughs> dropped. So it's kind of funny that like we're talking about a crypto one now and get this, I sell it and then three months later it should shoot 75 cents of course it's like, obviously like you weren't going to hold it if that's the reason right right it right day, but it's just kind of funny this is this is year two of crypto being tied into the super bowl just on the actual book exactly but on on that same premise the fact that it didn't it didn't go up last year gives me some weird sneaking hunch that's gonna drop like four percent yeah no i mean i, I, don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> i don't know the answer i don't know which side i bet on that but i feel like yes again is like a fun one to just like why not because if it goes up it goes up. i mean it's mine it's 125 you know like it's you yeah. put three bucks on whatever you want to do again we're not we're not gambling experts i'm just saying like it's like at that point though if you think the price of bitcoin's going up don't bet on it just fucking go put it in bitcoin and then your money will go up you know what i mean like it's just like i don't know it's yeah it's a, it's a stupid one but um but i like it i like it. it's it's, fu- it's fun that it's offered yeah that one's super fun um another one that he put out and i guess we'll touch on that one at the at afterwards because it's not necessarily super bowl related but um Another one that he put out that I thought was like super interesting. Um, well, there's there's two. The first one is the one that I think it's it may be offered in some places, but I don't know again because of how it's regulated or how they do the official scoring and shit like that. But the one that you hear about or you'll end up hearing about at some point with the number of passers in the game. So the number is always set at: Are you going to take over? or under two and a half players to complete a pass in the game. And obviously you start to think about it. Of course, Burrow, of course, Stafford, you've seen OBJ take an end around and throw it downfield. Well, do they have to complete it? No, just attempt, just attempt. Attempt, so they just have to have an attempt. Yeah, I'm sure I mean, there's probably just, both. To complete it, be, I'm sure there's probably both. It, there's probably over and a half, over two, two and a half to complete a pass, and over two and a half to attempt a pass. Attempt. And complete's obviously going to be higher odds, like because they can right. do the end around and the guy, the play could get just fucking busted, you know. Exactly. So and you could throw it out of bounds, but to complete a pass, like Dude, I, every Super Bowl, I feel like there's there's a completed. Pass. That's what I'm saying. There's always. That, Tom Brady has a fucking like a, a target in a Super Bowl. Not that yeah, long ago. that Super Bowl that he had the target and he dropped drop it. it. That was the same one that Nick Foles caught a pass in the end zone. But that was also a two point conversion. So I don't know if that counts on the official scoring. Like, there's all kinds. Or maybe it was fourth and goal. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I think it was fourth and goal actually. 
but it's like that's you know is it going to even get to a point where teams are going to feel like they need to do that because stafford's obviously so good burrow's so good like if it's fourth and goal or short short yardage situation why wouldn't you just put your best odds and joe burrow to throw a jump ball to jamar chase why would you have to run some tricky bullshit to try to get that one yard or just run like so there's there's defenses there's perspectives on both sides if i'm the betting man in this specific super bowl i would have take i would take the under on that because i don't think i don't think there's ever going to be a point and then i'm sure as as um, as i fucking say that the first play is going to be a double end around and obj is going to lob a ball to cooper cup for 40 yards like gonna, it's going to be some bullshit I, I'm taking the opposite. I'm taking a yes. I think I could. They hand the ball off to like the Bengals hand the ball off to Jamar Chase on those end rounds all the time now. Hey, he could toss one. You know, you got. I feel like I've seen Van Jefferson throw a fucking pass at mm-hmm. some point. You know, I feel like I feel like I've seen Cooper Cup throw a pass. Like, I don't, I don't know if I actually have, but in my brain, I just keep on picturing this stupid like end around. You know, I know right. I know we saw that one of OBJ not that long ago. Exactly. It was like two. He, it was either kinda, last game kinda, or two games ago. Through him. Yeah. But like, like, yeah, like under threw him, but he still caught it. Yeah, I don't know. I think that but, one's. I think, I'm taking. I'm taking over. It's a Super Bowl. That's a Super Bowl. There's gonna be some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And it's gonna be. It's gonna be early in the game. Yeah, I mean, and I think there's there's value on, on both the, sides. <laughs> yeah, but I I'm, I'm taking yes on it. Okay. All right. We're, we're getting we're getting we're getting the end around toss. Okay. Let's that there's there's your pick for that one, and then the last uh, prop again that's like again like not offered, not regulated, but. The number is set at over, under, one and a half. And it's over, under, one and a half times the chains are brought out for a measurement in the game. (laughs) Over, under, one and a half times the chains are brought out. I feel like once has to happen. Like, at least once. There's going to be a close third and fucking one QB sneak, you know, and it's going to be like this close spot. They bring it out. Because Burrow's done some sneaks. Stafford's done some sneaks. Could be the goal line. Well, I guess it wouldn't be the goal line, but it'd be for a first down. That one's also tough because it's like you start. You actually start to think about it. I mean, how many times have the chains been... I've watched every playoff game. How many times have the chains been brought out in the, play, in the playoffs? T- probably twice total, right? Once or twice. But it's the Super Bowl. So, like, any, anything could fucking happen. I don't Sean know. McVay's, Sean McVay is going to have some people fucking... Some people that he knows that he's going to be calling for measurements from two yards out. I want to remeasure on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to tip them off. I don't know, man. I, I actually like don't really pay too much attention. Every time it comes out, I'm always like, this is kind of like an archaic way to do this, right? Like, Dude, well, that's and that's a whole other. We could spend 30 minutes talking about the fact that they spot the ball with their eyes and they're like, I think fuck, he got yeah. here. It's like, yeah, what and the it's fuck? Just, it's, just, it's a total show, like showsmanship type of thing to bring the chains out. Right, and they fucking always have them, and they're always scrunched up, so like you can't see how Did far it, they're gonna extend. And then they, and then pull, they extend them, yeah. and, and it's yeah, and they come up, and they're like, it's three inches, and you're like, how? Did that guy take a fucking? Did that guy take a note card that one yeah, time? One time someone, put, yeah, one time he put yeah, a note card, and, and he slid it through, and it like didn't. Dude, and that's that's an official story. That's fucking ridiculous. And it's also <laughs> ridiculous too because I, I I always see them bring the chains out, and when they come out and they pull the they pull this the chain tight, right? Like you said, they pull it. My question every time I see it is like, how do they know where to start it? Like, I know that they gained on first down, they got to the 40 yard line, but it's not the 40 yard line. Like the difference between the front edge of the white line and a 40 yard line and the back edge of the white line could be the difference between a first down. So like, 
if they say they got to the 40, do they just automatically put the chain in the middle of the white line? Or do they start at the back of the white line or the front of the white line? Or is it just where the ball was? And then and then the referee's like, yeah, yeah. make sure you put the put the front chain down right here. Like, I feel like it's, yeah, like you said, it's just so archaic and, like, not regulated. Or as it, you know, it's different with, like, the goal line, right? Where you can see the nose of the ball break the plane. But with, like, dude. It would, it would have to start from, like, where the nose of the football was. So here's the only way I could see it working is like if there was somebody upstairs that radio ra- rewound the play like right before it saw started, where it, yeah saw where the nose of the football was sitting before it got snapped and then relayed that message down to the chain crew or the head official but, but even then they sense, relay right? it down they're like yeah it looks like it's like three inches short of the 40 yard line so like probably start yeah, it like right it's, there it's, it's a like little bit arbitrary and I don't, I don't love it god I man i don't love it like and, it, and the, it's always this much too exactly that's what i'm saying it's less than a foot every time it's always less than a foot of course right i mean can we get a chip chip in the ball right now dude that's what i'm saying and that's we could spend 40 minutes talking about this it's 2022 like there's no fucking point and also how many times how many times do you see in a game on a close play or a first down like or when the guy like i always wonder like the guy runs out of bounds like the quarterback scrambles right runs and then like extends the ball and they say, oh, well, it's where the ball crossed the out-of-bound, bound, like, the boundary. But, like, yeah. how do you – it's the same thing when, like, a guy punts a ball and it goes out of bounds the and punting, the referee – The punting's the worst because the punt's fucking 40 yards in the air. And, and the, ref, the ref's, like, at the goal line, and then he just starts running up the sideline and then just stops at the oh, 23. Ro- and I'm like, what? He just robs the guy of – And I'm like, are you sure? Out of the stadium. Yeah, like, where did you regulate? Like, how did you see that? You know what I mean? Like, your depth percept, there's just no way you can be looking at the ball – Watching it in the air and then go, yeah, right at the 23 is where it tell, went out of bounds. They can tell fucking spin rate of a major league baseball and the exact miles per hour that it comes off and its launch angle and everything by triangulating it. Yep. Yet we have none of that technology in the fucking NFL for when a ball goes outside. Exactly. When a ball, when a, ball, when a spot happens here, even if there's a pile, if you could have some sort of sensors in the field that show like where that ball is when that fucking whistle is blown, well, that that would cause a lot of... 100%. You know what I mean? like, look, But it's hard to regulate because you'd have to put sensors in every, pretty much every player's, all over their body, knee pads, elbows, shoulders, because as soon as like, as soon as it makes contact with the ground, that's when the ball would like send a signal to wherever and be like, this is where it was. But it's just so hard to regulate. So I understand why, like the system they have, but it just seems like you said, so archaic to like. It, that's what they rely on like it, that can decide a fucking it, game on a fourth and one with two minutes left human element which is nice though you know for like, sure i appreciate when, that when the human element is like clearly fucking another team that's that's like when you're like okay like right this because is, then this, this can't work i've seen it so many times like the example that just pops into my head randomly it was like six or seven years ago it was like michigan and ohio state football and it was like game went to overtime and Ohio State had the ball on fourth down and they went for it and they went got like did like a quarterback draw and it was Cardale Jones who was the quarterback for Ohio State and he like hit a linebacker got spun hit again and it was like a one yard uh one yard fourth and one that he needed to get and like in fast motion when the play happens almost everybody was like oh fuck he's short like he's short just from the from the yellow line right that you see which again Obviously, they don't go by that, but the yellow line is also just completely fucked half the time. It's off by fucking half a yard, like yeah. almost every other play. And then 
he like didn't get there but the side judge that was on the other side of the pile that didn't even see the play f develop comes running out on the field with the spot and he's like a yard past the yellow line and everyone was like where did you and then they get that spot and everyone's like no way like no chance and harbaugh and michigan was like take a look at it and then they go to review and it's the classic well there wasn't enough evidence to overturn the call the spot on the field it's like fuck that like there needs to be something better especially on those plays where you're like you need to know exactly where the football got to like especially if it's like forward progress that's as far as the ball got there's got to be like a sensor ropes or fucking like you did it's 2022 there's got to be something because it, it would just suck so bad for a, a game to a games have been decided on on bad spots or good spots or whatever whatever you know whatever's past interference calls yeah no like, i'm just saying like a lot of shit man but that's the human remember, element remember, right remember ram Saints? oh my Rams god Saints. yeah yeah that, that guy that guy's a swindling bastard though. that the referee that missed that call was staring right at the play <laughs> we could go over yeah we could go over that another time but like man that still needs to be brought up they're not talking about it enough that fucking that guy got dropped just straight up dropped and then when the ball is just... eight yards away and they're like yeah incomplete yeah i was like off. yeah no tim it's Don tim donahue bloodline over there seriously um yeah yeah so that yeah, part no. <laughs> i mean that I that think, one's I interesting less. i think less than two i agree i think it's under one and a half for sure on chain measurements but then again there could probably be two on the first fucking drive like you just really don't know you really have no idea yeah. um because there's gonna be one thing for sure in this game is there's gonna be a lot of fourth down attempts i believe i think especially if a team gets down the Bengals go down by 14 like early on and it's fourth and two like from even from their own 30 like they're gonna go for it you know what i mean because that's just yeah. kind of the direction the league's moving and then it may end up being on a spot or some shit bring out the chains and then the same thing happens in the fourth quarter like you never know but i'm gonna go under two i think unders unders the, the best bet in that one seems, seems the better yeah so those are all the those are all the props that i had and those are those are jared's raw reactions to the uh to the props that that uh a little bit more obscure probably not offered at your local sports book legally but um i mean if you want to get in the action i guess take your risk somewhere that's not regulated but you know i don't know i don't know what it would be i mean it's fun either way it's fun to talk about so we covered the obscure props uh, before we get into our official picks i wanted to emphasize the point that we had even more about the last in the last episode right we spent a lot of time talking about joe burrow and how gangster he is and talking about how the rams are so talented and this and that and the nfl uh did a great job clipping together like this 20 minute video um 10 minutes pretty much for each game from the afc championship and the nfc championship and each uh, most of the players were either had a mic on or were just like the microphones they have were picking up them talking about stuff and you know we talked a lot about like the potential you know maybe not the rigging of the outcome of the game but like some of the other stuff and at Spreads, spreads yeah, yeah first touchdowns like shit like that and maybe you know maybe there is but one thing i can tell you for sure is that after watching that video of the mic'd up championship games the players definitely if there's in rigging going on the players are not in on it they're just not because watching how these guys are their raw reactions to certain things and even some of the coaches like the coaches on the chief sideline um you know the chiefs are struggling yeah, they, get, they get they get fired up 
Right. They, they get so they get so fired. Up. And they were on the sideline. The no, Chiefs. I, were, I agree. The Chiefs were you sputtering. You couldn't tell. Right. Even if there was, the Chiefs were sputtering offensively in the second half, and they keep punting and punting and punting, and the Bengals take the lead, 24-21, and the Chiefs are going back out to get the ball. And the offensive coordinator is over there, and he's like, "Listen, we have literally fucked this up to this point. Like everybody out here has been fucking horrible in this second half, and it's time for you guys to go out there and unfuck this situation." Like he's yelling at these guys. And I'm like, dude, and Mahomes, every time he comes off the field and he's like, man, they had this and they did that. And like, I didn't see the safety or I didn't do, you know, or like I should have gotten this guy. And then the tablet comes out and he's like, oh, he was up. Like, they're just human. I really think there is a lot of human, but there's so much shit that is very fluky or like seems calculated where you're like, that's fucking suspicious. But at the end of the day, it's just like one game, one play. And, and honestly, if you play the Chiefs Bengals game over again, 10 times. In Kansas City, the Chiefs win that game eight or nine times out of ten. It was just that one or two sessions or one or two games. The Bengals do everything right. The Chiefs completely sputter in the second half. And fucking P. Ryan breaks off a 34-yard screen pass. You know, like, that play never happens, but it did in that game. You know what I mean? And, like, Evan McPherson not missing, you know. Maybe he was just scrambling, too. Dude, breaking. Dude, breaking. like. And Just Tyron Matthew, swimming. dude, breaking mold. And Tyron Matthew, dude, is is in that video too. And he comes off the field after they scored the game tying touchdown and got the two point conversion to tie it. And <laughs> Matthew comes off the field and they're pissed. I mean, the Chiefs defense is like, "What the fuck, man? Like, let's go." And Matthew's probably, I would say, the captain of the defense, right? He's probably the most, uh, you know, notable guy. He's obviously really smart with football. And he comes off and the defensive uh, either coordinator, you know, one of the defensive coaches comes over. He's like, you guys got to be sticking in your zones, containing on the outside. And he goes, no, 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 listen to me. And he's like, this motherfucker back there is different. And he's like talking to his teammates. He's like, I see that motherfucker going through one, two reads, and then he's gone, man. We got to get his ass, get him on the ground in the backfield. And it's like, that's pure raw human emotion where he's just like fucking throw everything out of the playbook and like, get his first two reads out and then fucking get him. And like, that wasn't their game plan going into it. Cause they know he could run, but they didn't know he could fucking, like you said, he was made of fucking KY jelly, just slippery back there. Yeah. Like dude, breaking he, he tackles like, he and shit. Like a fucking, he, he was like that drunken Buddha, like the, you know, like the drunken Buddha or whatever, like that's like fighting technique. Yeah. That's yeah. what he looked like. He would just like bend out of, he just gumbied his way out. Like you thought he was down. There was like fucking two or three exactly. guys that like, got chances at him. He was just, and that's yeah and that's shit where i think that's just the human element and then the my favorite part and this is the part that i wanted to touch on was the chiefs were or the uh, bengal's are going down the field they get in the red zone and i think they might have been in a goal goal to go situation when they were down by 8 and i think there was a stoppage in play or something where Burrow came to the huddle, and I think he had already called the play, right? He came to the huddle. There was guys out there with the water bottles, so they were, like, in a stoppage, right? Like some sort of TV timeout or injury or something. Burrow comes out, calls the play, and the, and the water bottle guys, like, run back to the sideline. And they don't—it's not a situation where he's like, this is the play on two, ready, break. And they run up to the, the huddle. He called the play. They're still kind of standing around. And Jamar Chase, like, circles around the edge, and Burrow's kind of standing there looking around. And he goes, he kind of looked at everybody and he goes, all right, fellas, when we score, we're going for two. Like he said it before the play even happened. And that's not a rigging thing. I'm saying like, bro, doesn't say like, if we score or like, he didn't have another alternative. It's like, when we score, 
we're going for two. And when he said that, he goes, when we score, we're going for two. And Jamar Chase goes, Woo, I like that. And he fucking, and they're like, all right, let's go. And then he runs out, first fucking next play, throws a fucking uh, jump ball to Jamar Chase or whatever, and they score the touchdown. And it's like, dude, Joe Burrow is so fucking nice. And, like, I know we talked about it before, but, like, I don't know if Mahomes says shit like that. I don't know if these other quarterbacks say shit like that. I'm not saying they don't, but, like, that's something that you just, like, you don't prepare for that. Like, when you're drafting a guy, you're like, oh, well, this guy's going to be in a huddle in the AFC Championship with the moxie to come come into the huddle and say, when we score, we're going for two. Like, already planning for it because he just has so much confidence, not only in himself, but his guys. I thought that was, like, it might just be nothing, and I might be, be making too much out of that, but I thought that was just fucking gangster. Dude, he's, yeah, he's fucking dude. We talked about that. Like, he's a, yeah, he's confident as shit. He dresses confident. He acts confident, but like still in the, some weirdly humble type of way because it's, he doesn't like act confident necessarily like in other people's faces. He just act, acts confident as exactly who Joe Burrow is, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, he's nah, he's fucking sweet. And like it's it's really hard to even remember that the LSU season was three years ago. Like it's yeah. his second year in the league, and and the fucking Cincinnati Bengals were a dumpster fire. Yeah, they were like, like, what the fuck did the Bengals do in the last nothing? However many years, like fucking since that's eighty nine, really. Like, obviously they probably had some decent seasons with like Dalton where they made the playoffs, but like just decent. Like this motherfucker comes in and beats the beats the the Chiefs in the AFC Championship in his second year. It's like after Patty Mahomes just became a five hundred million dollar man. It's like nobody saw that one fucking coming yeah so yeah but then know. again he's, it's he's like he's a beast man he dude, really is he saw it coming though that's what i'm trying to say it's like he's planned for this it doesn't seem like a lot of guys like have a lot of early success and then the moment ends up being too big for them or they just get outsmarted right afc championship a few years ago patriots and chiefs in kansas city like there's so many situations in that game where the chiefs could have probably put it away and won but they get out disciplined outsmarted and as much as we want to talk about maybe the Bengals talent wise aren't lining up with these teams from from what I've seen so far, besides maybe like one or two pass interference calls by like Eli Apple, th they've been very disciplined. Like there's not like big play uh, fucking holding, bring it back or uh, a intentional grounding or defensive holding or illegal hands to the face, like sloppy, non-technical, like the Bengals have been very sound in yeah, how they've the gone only, about it. The only thing that they've... The only thing that they've sucked at, which is weird that they like, like, in the especially in that Titans game, when that fucking the first play, the first couple of plays were just like Joe Burrow was just on the ground right away. Yeah, it's just they don't have. It just doesn't look like they panic and they don't have. They don't have like a quit in them really. Exactly. Like it looks like even even though that they know shit's going like south, right? Like we did, our quarterback's been sacked nine times. It doesn't ever look like when they don't get something rolling for two straight drives that they're ever going to panic about not getting anything rolling. Because like it's only a matter of time for them to get something going. So and like that's that's what I've seen with them. You know? Do you think that comes so from Burrow, though? Cool. That, that has to come from, from the top. It comes from Burrow because they have yeah, a it's, it's, has to. They, they got they a young coach, play. right? I mean, they have a yeah. lot of inexperience. But, dude, he just – it's so hard to quantify what he, what he brings besides, obviously, like high level of play exactly he after doesn't a sack even after a sack he doesn't get up and he's not fucking screaming at anyone he, 
dude, if he doesn't like Mahomes, it he doesn't even get though, rattled. Right. Even Mahomes, though, even though he does scramble and end up making extending plays and making plays, like towards the end of that game there, like he fucking scrambled and panicked and looked around, panicked again. And then, and then fucking, what did he do on that last play before regulation, before the field goal? He fucking scrambles around, gets smacked, fumbles the ball. Like, dude, that's fucking like, holy shit, dude. Like, just fucking. That never, like, that should never in a billion years. The only thing you tell Mahomes is don't throw a pick, don't fumble it. And he fucking fumbled. And obviously they fell on it and kicked the field goal. But it's like, Burrow, at least to me, and maybe he ends up, you know, of course, coughing it up in the Super Bowl. But it's like, I don't think Burrow will be the guy like a Tannehill or like other guys where it's like, you know that they can be solid, but they're going to fall apart. Or they're going to, when things are going south, they're going to continue to go south. Like with Mahomes, I feel like that's been a little bit of a pattern for him early on in this year. They started, what, four and four, and he was, like, not good. Like, he just was not very good for the first eight games. And that kind of, it, like, snowballed. Like, he started off not great. It kind of stuck around for a while. With Burrow, it's like, okay, one bad play, on to the next one. Like, he's going to show yeah. up on this next play and make some shit happen. And I think that is, like, such an intangible factor that you can't quantify with numbers or stats. But he is just, like, man, it's so impressive. Yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be super exciting just to watch – yeah, you know, just to watch what he does, like over, like over the next couple of years. I mean, obviously his whole career is going to be is now like going to be highly anticipated if you're a football fan because you're like, holy shit, you threw for four thousand plus yards and thirty five touchdowns, you know, and like really your first year in the NFL. Like, yep. Obviously, we talk about how what Mahomes did in his first year, which was crazy, and it's like, it's be exciting just to see, like, to see what type of growth. It's like in the same way we talked about Mahomes, it was going to be almost impossible to go up. For Joey B, like he obviously has, he has room to go up even, you know, because like yeah. he hasn't he hasn't had that 50, 50 touchdown season yet. But like I wouldn't be fucking surprised. Yeah, then, you know, no, with I the wouldn't either. Now that if with as he continues to mature and understand the NFL, and as they start to put some better linemen around him, if he's not the next fucking, you know, Tom Brady type generational talent, you know, like right. where he's gonna be, you know, when when we have kids. He'll already have been in the league for, you know, X amount of years, and then they'll watch him until they're 12 or 13 or whatever. Yeah. That's what type of of guy he feels like he's going to be for sure. Dude, and he also— And you can't say that that about everyone. You can't say that about other guys that are stars right now. No. Like, there's, like, I I love, you know, I love Lamar Jackson, but, like, there's some of his games when he goes for fucking 179 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Like, you know, like— a lot I don't of misdraws. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know, know how long his career lasts. Obviously, the guy's amazing. He's won an MVP before. He's had games where you like go, he's fucking a video game. He's un, like, you know, but it's yeah. like, how long, how, how long does that career last compared, you know, like I don't right. feel necessarily the same way about him or even, um, obviously, like Baker a couple of years ago looked like a real star. His, he feels like he's, he's going to be a backup within a couple of years. You know, seriously. Like, Joe doesn't feel like that. So, yeah, I don't know. That's no, and, with and that's and that's what Burrow too. Like the last thing I'll say about him is like, throughout his career, he there has been so many times where it could have just gone so south. Like, and he could have taken the situation that he was put into, or had found himself in, and not made the most of it. But it seems like he's not only like made the most of every opportunity he's gotten, or in a situation where it's not great, but he's like improved it and made it like he started his career not very highly recruited out of college goes to ohio state he's a backup looks around you know there's stuff coming out about burrow in the the last you know as of course he's gained this this popularity where i think it was like an old coach like an old 
uh, like some quarterbacks coach at some some other random like medium sized school. And Joe Burrow, or it was like a recruiter, like a, a guy that was his job was to like send players information to coaches and stuff. And there's it's a DM from Joe Burrow, like eight, like seven years ago. And he was like, hey, so and so, Mr. So and so, you know, always like just so respectful too, like so fucking normal and straight up. And he's like, hey, you know, I don't feel as though I've been getting as many looks as I think I deserve. But it didn't. And he's like, what what can I do to improve that situation or help my help market myself better as a quarterback? And that when you read mm-hmm. that, you're like, that's there's not a lot of guys doing that. And, and in a lot of ways, like you watch these shows like um, Last Chance You or these other plays where like a lot of these guys act like they're entitled to being yeah. the superstars or they're entitled to being and looking at Joe Burrow's trajectory it seems like he's if anybody's entitled to being a first round pick and a highly recruited five-star quarterback it's this fucking guy but he wasn't so he makes the most of it he ends up getting on at Ohio State after probably working to get there not playing improves the situation transfers to LSU and not only you know it, of course the the trajectory of the LSU team that year just went up and up and up and up but like his first test that season was against Texas a ranked Texas team they're both top 15 goes down to Texas beats them like pretty soundly at that point people are like this guy's pretty good he seems pretty legitimate and then it continues to go up and he ends up in Tuscaloosa with a number one LSU team on the road against Alabama, like the university of Alabama football. And it like, at no point in that game as an Alabama fan, I watched it. I was never like, Oh, this is the play where he's going to throw a pick, or this is the play where he's going to cough it up or do something stupid or roll out and make a bad throw. Like he was, he's always been not only under like just such a calm presence, but he makes the most of it, and then he fucking beats Alabama and, like, scrambles up the field for 12 yards on, on a third and eight and, like, does crazy shit, beats them, and then he goes to the college football playoff. Well, this guy's never been to college football playoff. LSU's never been to the college football playoff. Ed Orgeron's never been there. All these guys are really talented, but shows up, beats the fuck out of Oklahoma, plays Clemson, who has been a perennial dominating force besides Alabama with Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Sweeney, beats the shit out of them. And then, like, throws a touchdown pass to give him a two-and-a-half or three-score lead, walks off the field, and he starts pointing at his ring finger with, like, three minutes left in the fourth quarter after another touchdown. Like, give me my ring. And, like, when so many other guys do that or they act like that or they feel like they're entitled to that, that doesn't come across great. But with him, it's like, dude, fucking A. Like, holy shit. Yeah. You know? It's it's because everybody's always loved, like, the underdog story. You know? And he just – he doesn't – like a fucking entitled little dick mm-hmm. and like people hate players like that like fucking johnny menzel people kind of he was kind of fun to like when you're a little bit younger but like as he got older you realized he was just some fucking you know rich little shit from texas that like came in and like bald and felt like he could do whatever the fuck he wanted joe Burrow doesn't have any of that too mm-hmm. we're humble i guess 100 you have to like about him 100 and he's made the most I, of all I, these opportunities right in the nfl like he goes out to the Bengals gets drafted to the fucking Bengals. And we've talked about this before, but like that is where, you know, Bengals or the Browns or the fucking Jets or like could easily have just been like a mediocre quarterback for four years, gone somewhere else, been the starter for two more years, then been a career backup. But it's like he's saying to everybody, just like, fuck that, dude. Like we're going to fucking win and we're going to win now. And when we have the opportunity to win, we're not just going to show up and like I said it about them when they played the Chiefs and they were playing them tough. I said it to my buddy at the bar. I was like, "Hey man, you know what? Win or lose, good for the Chiefs, good for the Bengals being in this situation to begin with, right? 
that's how I looked at it. Good for them. Like, either way, man, what a huge step in the career of the French. And he's like, fuck you, Ryan, and fuck everybody else. We're not here to fucking show up and get a fucking participation trophy. It's time to win now. Even yeah. if we don't have the team, no, it's fucking crazy. His, dude, his no, we're, we're we're all in on Joey B. I think like the fucking at this point the whole country is, but like yeah, um, it's 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 exciting to see like what he's doing now, like you know just because it doesn't feel I just like can't it's, believe, I, it's it feel like you know and like you gotta remember like you know he was getting his knee all torn up you know last year exactly he got all torn up because had to get full surgery it was out the whole year so like i think they like everyone was kind of sleeping on him again coming back usually after an injury you know all that recency bias goes away like oh you were so sick out on lsu so i mean i fucking love it yeah so, no i love it too i fucking i li- like i literally love it um so i saw an interview last, actually i had one last thing about it was i saw an interview with him on espn the other day and that's what he was saying he's like you know like the best part about all the success that i've had here is that i know now that like i like for like i have a little bit of job security that i've never had in my life because i feel like i can like go out there and practice and know that i could actually make a mistake without having to look over my shoulder and think right somebody else is going to come right back in so yeah. i thought that was cool too because it's like really like his whole career basically like he was fucking w- one shitty practice or one dickhead coach away from yeah you know, <laughs> yeah having somebody else get that opportunity 100 percent. So, yeah, he's always seized it so 100 percent yeah so i mean yeah that's what um you know that's what we have to say about that i just wanted to touch on that mic'd up thing because man i'm just that i will always remember that and when i saw that man like i was of course rooting for him but when he comes to the huddle and he goes hey when we score here boys we're going for two and jamar chase is like "Ooh, i like that like and then and then guess what now jamar chase is fired up and he wants to go out and make a play for the guy or the rest of the guys want to make a play and the Joe Mixon the whole time, too. The whole game, Joe Mixon was either on the sideline or in the huddle. They came in the huddle uh, in overtime after they got the turnover. It was, like, right when the play happened. Joe, Joe Mixon the whole game, high five him before the game and whatever. He goes, um, he goes, I got to go. I got to just stay behind my guys and do whatever. And then he's like, we got to believe. We got to believe. We got to believe. Throughout the game, we got to believe. We got to believe. And then the Chiefs get the ball back. They go down the field. They get in the red zone. He's like, I got to believe, boys. Got to believe. They hold him to the field goal. He's like, got to believe. And then it's kind of quiet on the sideline because the Chiefs won the coin toss. And then he throws the pick, and Joe Mixon throws a helmet on. And as he's running down the field, he goes, I got to believe, boys. You got to believe. Like, that's it. And that's where it's like, this shit's not rigged, man. These guys are just playing fucking football, and they're just they're playing hard. But Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you, look to the official, you look to the officials if you want to rig a game. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so we'll just, we'll keep going here. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of different other things. I mean, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to break down a guy like Burrow. It's easy to break down a team that's likable. Uh, it's obviously also easy to look past a team like the Rams. I don't think anybody's looking past them, but what I will say is the Rams are expected to win this game. I think everybody knows that. And I think, um, with a team like the Rams, when you're loaded up, you go all in for a Super Bowl, you have a guy like Stafford, it's hard to root against those guys too. And I think it's really important that this Super Bowl be more than anything just appreciated, appreciated by everybody watching, everybody taking it in, because it's important to understand that 
and I said this before, and it was a, a TikTok that a lot of people saw. This is definitely the most likable Super Bowl matchup. And so when we go into this next segment about our official picks, it's not that we're like rooting one side or the other, right? I mean, it's important to note, like, we take the Bengals. It's like, yeah, we want the Bengals to win, but it's like if the Rams win, man, like it's okay, you know, like it's not like, like Burrow is gonna be fine. Everyone will be fine. It's just like, and that's what probably is gonna happen, right? The Rams will probably find a way. It's at at LA, you know, in their home stadium. Like, who knows what's gonna happen? But yeah, it's exciting. All right, so now's the time, Jared, to dive into our official picks for the game for the super bowl for the granddaddy of them all for the uh whole enchilada right whatever you want to call it the big the big game uh we're gonna make our official picks with the lines that they have out now now keep in mind we're recording this on february 7th monday so these could change very easily very quickly like within hours of the game the Rams could just get hammered on the spread and this four could go up to fucking six or six and a half or seven. Uh, but right now, yeah. well, what I see, and I'm sure Jared's seeing the same thing for the, the game lines is the Rams are favored by four. So Rams are listed at minus four, which would mean the Bengals are, fa- are listed at plus four, four point underdogs. The total for the game is at 48 and a half. And as far as money line, I'm saying the Rams listed at minus 200 and the Bengals at plus 170. So with that being said, Jared, your official picks for the game on February 7th are what? You want to know my official picks on those specific lines or how I'm going to bet it? Both. Both. Okay. I'm taking Rams money line. I told you I fucking hate that spread. I think we're going over 48 and a half. Okay. Uh, even though even though that we said the Rams defense is good, I think that they're going to score and I think the Bengals are going to find a way to score. Um the way it, so I'm going to take Rams money line over 48 and a half. But that's just off of what you're saying right now. The way I'm playing this this Super Bowl is I cuz I believe the Bengals can keep this game close, but I don't know if it's going to be a touchdown or fucking 10 points or what it is, but they're right. not going to get blown out because they don't have any quit in them. But I do think the Rams are going to win the game. I think it's stat. You got to remember Stafford hasn't won a Super Bowl before either. He's going to be fired up as much as we have all this hype about Joe Stafford's a fucking pretty good quarterback too. He can be yep. somewhat careless with the ball, but he's going to be good. So the way I'm playing this for plus 681 odds, I'm middle, I'm middling the and over under. I'm taking this is the same game parlay. You can bet this right now on FanDuel or whatever the fuck you're on. Yeah. I'm getting at plus 681 because I don't want to just put like $100 on a spread and lose. I don't have to risk that much if I fucking really believe in if I really believe in it, I'm just going to risk 25 on what I For think the is same payout. specifically going to happen, right? So I can put $25 on this and win 160, 170 bucks and it's same game parlay over 45 and a half points. <clears throat> so I, I saw alt lined. So you, so you bought three points. You bought three points. I bought three points. Also took an under of fifty-seven and a half. So so, so I think it's going to be somewhere in there, right? Okay. I took a Rams money line and Cincinnati Bengals plus ten and a half, and that comes out to plus six hundred eighty-one odds. So uh, basically, all I'm all I'm saying is I want this game to be fucking twenty-three to twenty-four. So say so say it again. So with the Rams winning. So do the so whole you, part. So you have. So you, 
Okay, so the whole thing. So we'll start with the with the lines. Yep. So I got money line for the Rams. Yep. Right. Minus two hundred. So I think, I think they I think they win the game. I think they win the game. Yeah. Uh, minus one ninety eight or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And then I got Cincinnati Bengals plus ten and a half. So they can yep. lose by a touchdown and a field goal. So Rams are going to win, but by less than ten. Ten by, by, by ten, 10 or yeah. less. Or, yeah, by ten or less. Exactly. And then I'm going over. I bought three points on the over. So forty five and a half. And then I have the under of fifty seven and a half. So the points are going to land somewhere over 45 and a half, but they're not going to go over 57 and a half. So that, th- that means that this game can't, it could be fucking 30 to 27 with the Rams winner. And I win. Yep. And that's, that could very, that very well could happen. Sounds like I don't think this game is going to get into the thirties because it's just Super Bowl is just like, I, t- I remember last year it was a really high one. And I saw, I'm taking basically a number off of what I, what happened last year and saying, okay, it's not going to go above that. So um yeah so that that comes out at plus 681 so like and I, that's how i like to play shit because i'd rather risk a little bit less because i'm uncertain about the outcome anyway this is what i think is going to happen i'm going to take like what my gut feeling is like oh this game's going to be in here somewhere and i'm going to make more money off of less risk rather than just hammering a hundred dollars on the fucking rams and the Bengals come out and win yep and, and that's a hundred dollars that you put on the rams to win fucking 50 bucks on yep. money line yep so I don't I don't want to bet that way. This is or you too, put 100 on the Ram right? spread, like you said, of minus four, and, you still, and it's 30 to 27, like you just said, and then they don't cover, but they won the game. So yeah. it's like it's hard to it's, – yeah, it's hard to make a pick. It's really hard or, to make or, a pick. Yeah, or Bengals yeah, or Bengals fucking keep the game real close, and the Rams and – you, and you believe in their spread. They kick a field goal, and – and they and I guess they would still cover four, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically the only way that that, that four points covers. Yeah. I don't know how else – what other scoring scenarios could happen, but what do you, what are you thinking, Ryan? So, first of all, before I even give my official pick, I would say if you are a sports gambler, you're in, a, in an area, whether you mean legal or not, there's a lot of offers everywhere. But try to find the new offers or if you're not betting, the sign-up offers – a lot of them, most of them actually aren't sign-up offers. They're just like boosters that that they want people to take action on. The first one that's like popping out to me, I'm seeing uh, on DraftKings specifically. And I'm sure if DraftKings offers it, it'll be offered either similarly or at the same and in the other books. But this one's Cooper Cup to score a touchdown. So not first or anything like that. Cooper Cup to score at any time, anytime touchdown is listed at minus 190. That's what he's listed at. But this is a boosted Cooper Cup to score a touchdown anytime at plus 100. I think that if anything is as close to a lock in this game, it's that. I mean, like Cooper Cup, as he's proven time and time again, is just a touchdown fucking machine. So he's, he's going to get targeted. Crazy targets. Too, targeted right? crazy. If he doesn't break off a big one, he's going to get a target in the red zone, probably in a goal line situation. And he's probably going to score. I'm not saying you will for sure, and I'm not saying that's going to hit 100%, but that's a great payout. That's a lot better than minus 190. So instead of putting 10 bucks on it to win five, you put 10 bucks on it to win 10. So I think that's that's a good value pick right there. Is Cooper Cup to score a touchdown, boosted the plus 100, and finding similar props or boosts or things like that um, are going to be critical for anybody who wants to enjoy the game and get better payouts, better odds, whatever you want to say. If I'm going as a same game parlay and I'm going to put in three or four separate items, I'm going to go Bengals plus four and a half because when you do the same game parlay, it usually bumps it up a half point or so because the normal spread is plus four 
for the Bengals, but the same game parlay bumps it up to plus four and a half when you select that option. I'm taking Bengals plus four and a half, and whether it's bumped up or not, you can take the plus four and a half. And now that I'm starting to think about it and I'm looking at game lines, I would take Bengals more so probably five and a half just to be safe and get the extra point. So you take Bengals in the same game parlay at plus five and a half. I take over 48 and a half because I do think there's going to be a ton of points in this game. I do. And then like you were doing, I do the Rams money line. And th those three right there, Bengals plus five and a half over 48 and a half. Why not bump it? Why not bump it up to six and a half though? Just, just thinking about like the the increments of scoring. You could, you could, but I'm saying my my parlay right now is Bengals okay. plus five and a half over forty eight and a half and Rams money line, and that play, pays out at plus six fifty. If you dump the Bengals five and a half, and you go to game lines, and you did what'd you say six and a half, that mm -hmm. drops it down from plus six fifty to plus five fifty. It's not like that huge of a drop, but I think. A win by four is also very, very likely, like a 31-27, yeah, right? Something like that. Or 21-17. Yeah. I mean, but like 31-27 would be would be ideal because that'd be over 48 and a half. It just I think four points is it is a weird number. I think but if you're gonna go it's a touchdown and a field goal, like you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think if you go yeah, there's there's ways that could happen. For sure. But I think if you go up, up to seven and a half, that makes yeah, if you go up to seven and a half, so if you do a same game parlay, Rams money line over 48 and a half, Bengals plus seven and a half, it's down to plus 450. That's probably like your safest bet, maybe, because yeah. it's Bengals seven and a half, like losing by seven is just like a very common outcome. Um, but I, I just would get a, personally a little more risky and do Bengals plus five and a half, Rams money line over 48 and a half. And that means the Bengals lose by three, but it's like we said, 31-28 or 31, even 27, 31-26. Um, that would be a plus 650 payout. And I think that's where I would go. But if I'm going straight bets, one pick, you know, per section, whether it's the total or the spread, if I had to take a spread, if I absolutely had to, like life on the line, gun to my head, I'm probably taking the Rams minus four. That's if I had to pick one spread. You don't have to do it. But my my pick for the spread is the Rams to cover four points. That's my official pick on the actual spread of the game. For the total, my pick is under 48 and a half. But when you parlay those three together, like you said before, you don't have to put as much to win as much. So if it goes over, you get... You know, I would get more paid out on the same game parlay. I wouldn't even touch the money line, but if I did, and again, this is gun to my head, I know it's like counterintuitive. These are like not all same time. Like these are, this is the only bet I'm putting on the game. If I'm only putting one bet on any of these three, I would take Rams minus four if I had to pick a spread. And that was the only bet I could choose. If I had to pick just money line and that was the only bet I could take, I'm taking Bengals money line because there's obviously value there plus 170 they could very easily win the game and if i had to take just over or under 48 and a half and that's my only bet for the game and i had a hundred dollars that's all i could bet i would take under 48 and a half 
and I know that's like the opposite of my parlay. You just because... bet, you, you bet everything. No, no, are but you, I'm so saying, just, are, you, are you trying to hedge? I'm saying on those are picks, to, are you trying to hedge in case your parlay doesn't hit? I'm saying on those picks, that's like somebody came to me and said, you, here's a hundred dollars and you can only pick the spread. You can only pick it. You have no other bets on any other part of the game. I would pick Rams minus four. Or they came to yeah, me and said, you, you can you think if they win, you think if they win, they're going to cover. Right. And I think if I had if somebody said hundred dollars and you can only bet on the money line, that's the only bet you can make. Where would you put it? I'd put it on Bengals money line because there's more value there. And if the Bengals win the game, you get, like you said, a hundred bucks to win 50 as opposed to a hundred to win 170. You know, that's a lot better. So, and then again, $100, this is the only bet I make on the game. I go under 48 and a half because these are all like the safest, I guess, best value, whatever you'd like to say. But the more fun stuff to do is the stuff I mentioned before where you can do a same game parlay. It's just tough because well, that's if you're not really that big into betting. Too, exactly. Like, exactly. And you want to say, say you have 50 bucks or whatever. You're like, fuck it. I don't normally bet, but it's it's the Super Bowl. Everyone's doing it. It's becoming legal. <laughs> I feel more comfortable with it now. It's legal in my state. Right. You know, and you're like, but I'm not, I'm trying to make some money, but I'm not trying to put down more than 50 bucks. And that's when I think that like, you're going to have the most fucking bang for your buck and value or not, not, I guess not necessarily value, but you're going to have the most entertainment betting on like some same game parlays. If you think the Rams are going to win it and you have 50 bucks to wager, I guess if winning $24 feels really cool to you, then like, by all means, do it. I'm just saying if you got 50 bucks and you're like wanting to see a bigger payout, do the around with the same game parlay yeah because you can watch you can mix player props with spreads if you want for you sure know? and like that way that way you have a whole kind of group of things that you can watch during the game that you're rooting for or if you want less risk take ten dollars and do something like ryan said he liked the cooper touchdown or the cooper cup to the cooper touchdown yeah the cooper cup, <laughs> cooper cup, the cooper cup touchdown. touchdown yeah it's the cooper touchdown no so take ten dollars on that take ten dollars on the spread take ten dollars on the over under and then to kind of diversify what your bets are going to be for the day. That way it's like maybe you hit three or five. You don't really lose anything because you don't have a higher risk tolerance. Or maybe you're new to it. Right. Or I don't know. It's just like I think that's a fun way to play it if you only have 50 bucks. Yeah. It's like maybe maybe even spend 25 of it parlaying it and then put 25 on just one of the things like the money line. Yeah. It's another way to just kind of hedge. Hedge that way like someone gets hurt like CJ Ozama or something or right. comes out of the game because his knee's sore and you had money on that. You don't just get fucked on everything. Yeah. So. That's definitely a fun way to play it. Yeah. No, that's those are my picks for like one pick, one spot. But if I'm going to do the same game parlay like Jared mentioned and diversify, my like it, it's hard for this game for me because it's like, of course, you want to bet on it. But I think if you're the type of person that's like you going into this game and you're like, oh, it's I'm going to take uh, same game parlay under 48 and cooper cup under 100 yards receiving and uh you know like like guys like you just don't it's hard for me because it's like you, you can include some of that stuff but it's so intriguing and so much more fun if i go in right now on DraftKings and i do same game parlay i do over 48 and a half i do cooper cup anytime touchdown jamar chase anytime touchdown um i go passing props Joe Burrow over 279 passing, Matt Stafford over 279 passing. Like that's more fun 
because that's just a building a monster parlay and you can root for pretty much all the action, right? I mean, it's essentially the over, right? Yeah. You bet the over, you're rooting for action, but those are more fun to do. So like Jared said, I mean, it, it's fun to, it, it's fun to, to get involved, but if you're new or whatever, and you're trying to take a safe bet, that was my point is like, if I am like, somebody's like, dude, this is your, like, you have to pick one and you can only do the spread. I would just take the Rams plus four. I just, yeah. I mean, minus four. I would take the Rams. Um, and if I had to pick one because total, I would go under. There's way more value. That, yeah, that money, because that money line, minus 198 is kind of a dog shit money line. I don't like really betting on much stuff like that. Unless it's yeah. Like, unless, it's par, unless it is parlayed, because that's the only way that you're going to add value to it. Correct. But 198, like 198, if you get fucking $10 to bet, and you bet on something that's minus 200, you're going to win, you're going to profit $5, which is like, cool. But if you want to buy a Coca-Cola from McDonald's, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, but I mean, but it's still fun. It's still, it's still fun either way. I'm just saying that like, yeah. there's not much value in that. Right. So, no, hundred percent. I'm there. I'm there with you. Yeah. So, I mean, either way, of course, we're hoping for a great game and, you know, we may do another episode later on this week um, with like, um, maybe not like our picks, but more so like maybe non-gambling related. We do like, predictions for the game about how the stats unfold uh stuff like that but i would say you know as far as player props go it's hard to really definitively pick one side or the other if you go in and you look at receiving props for cooper cup um over under 106 receiving yards like that's fun to bet on but there's not a ton of value in those like right now cooper cup on DraftKings. Over under 106 and a half receiving yards. Those are both paying out a minus 120. So it's like, really, that's some that's some juice. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they're just like, <laughs> yeah, like those those are fun, but it's like that sucks, you know. So picking the game lines is different, and you know those might change throughout the day, like by the minute. So I don't know. Like I'm seeing Samaji P Ryan over eight and a half receiving yards, minus 125. You know, like. Do you want to do that? You know, and do you want to like you want to know what one I loved? Joe Burrow over 12 and a half rushing yards. That that to me seems like maybe the lock of the game. Maybe just, the lock of the just game. One one Joe Burrow scramble. He got he, he did it last week, you know. Like he probably ran for like how many rushing yards did you have last week? Yeah, like 30. It's just one, it's just, it's just one like drop back. Well, you, where, know like, you know he's gonna be under pressure. Like, you know he's gonna be under pressure. Yeah. So he's gonna and scramble. They're not gonna count sack. They're not gonna count sacks against you. Yeah. Always remember that. So they don't count because he's trying to pass the ball. So they don't count it against his rushing yards. But yeah, it's one. Von Miller kind of breaks the edge, and he's had, one of the linebackers has to drop back in coverage, and he steps up and he just scrambles for 13 yards. Yeah. Yeah, and then you win. Yeah. So I I, I love and I love Joe Burrow's rushing yards. Me too. That's one of my favorite ones. I do. And Joe Burrow and I actually loved OBJ. OBJ over 63 and a half is a good one. Yeah, it is a good one because he's going to get targeted a lot too. He, I mean, they make sure to include him in the, in the game plan. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're excited. He's been looking, he's been looking more and more confident. Too, Maybe we'll do that in the next episode. We'll do all those player props that we just talked about because there's some other ones I'm sure that we can find or just get some value on, um, like Aaron Donald getting a sack or Von Miller getting a sack. You know, mm-hmm. Matt Safford to yeah. throw a pick, that stuff like – you know what's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. But it's like, fuck, maybe he doesn't, you know? So 
So, um, yeah, that's that's going to do it for our picks for the Super Bowl as far as the game lines go. Uh, and like I said, we'll maybe, maybe be back later in the week to do player props to wrap that up and get the finishing touch and then just fucking enjoy the game because it's going to be a good game. That's what we're all hoping for. It's just like a really good, fun, entertaining game between two teams that definitely deserve to be there. Um, should be a good time. Should be a really good time. Um, so the last uh, subject we wanted to touch on here, and again, this is more tailored towards those of you who have seen it, but there's a, there's a video going around. I guess it initially gained popularity from a TikTok account. I don't know, uh, Raylan 90. I don't know the, the, uh, I don't know the full context of the situation, but the viral video breakdown of the week version two comes to us, uh, from a viral video that's been circulating the web in the last day or so. And Jared, feel free to chime in at any point and maybe correct me, or maybe you saw something that I didn't, but it looks like it's, not in America. It's in a country that probably takes their baseball a little bit more, their amateur baseball a little bit more seriously because these guys look like they're playing in some sort of adult league or, you know, men's Sunday league. But they got, I mean, they got full unis on. They're playing, looks like they care enough because the video doesn't give you much context as to what led up to this moment. But the video opens with what, is definitely a player, a big guy, like has to be 6'2", 6'3", and he's squared up in the middle of the diamond with an umpire, like fists clenched, shoulders cocked, squared up with an umpire. And they start throwing jabs like right when the video starts. And so the again, the initial question is like, what, what happened here? Like, is this guy a manager? Is he a coach? Is he one of the players? And the thing that strikes me is that they do throw a couple punches to start off the video. And then the second baseman is in the background, just like standing there with his hands on his hips, like just watching this happen. And like, I don't know. I mean, he, he might be a little bit smaller. He may not feel like it's his place to step in and stop this. But the guys that end up breaking it up are wearing the other team's jerseys. And it's like a coach or maybe another player that step in and break it up. But there's so much to unpack in this video, right? Because, again, the initial question is, like, what happened? Like, what what call could he have gotten so wrong, right? You know that guys get fired up. You know that he may have made a horrible call. He wasn't paying attention. I don't know what it could have happened. But the point is, is there's just no – there's just – I mean, very rarely do you see a guy get so upset to the point where he's ready to actually fight the umpire. And then on the flip side, the umpire is ready to fight back. <laughs> like, of course, in the major leagues, like if a guy charges the umpire and like bumps him, the umpire is not going to start swinging at him. But it's like, if you're the umpire here, like, isn't your ultimate job is to like de-escalate the situation? I mean, like, you know, and if he if the player comes out and starts calling him names or saying something horrible, like that's. I can understand the frustration, but your job is not to square up and start throwing punches back at the guy. I mean, unless it's self-defense and the guy came out and just started throwing haymakers, but it's like, it looked like they were both fully engaged. Uh, it was posted on multiple things though. I saw it on John boy. I saw it on John boy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here. I can't even find it on 
like just on Google right now, which is crazy. Yeah, and some of the some of the comments, by the way, were just hilarious. Uh, this guy, you know, the umpire and the guy fighting. This comment says, "Live, live look at the negotiations between Major League Baseball and the Players Association." <laughs> like that's funny. This other guy oh, says, "This guy goes, this is actual footage of Angel Hernandez in the minor leagues before he got called up." <laughs> like, <laughs> that's fucking funny, dude. That is so funny. Um. But the umpire, I don't really know, like, it's hard to say that the umpire's out of line here because, of course, the guy, the player's out of line, right? I mean, he's he's the guy coming out and charging at him. But if you're the umpire, like, as much as you don't want to be maybe perceived as, like, soft or, like, running away from conflict, like, dude, you can't, you can't fight a player. Like, you just, you just can't do it. Like, if Kenny Powers isn't in that league, then... <laughs> yeah seriously he's 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 got to be in that league that's that's exactly what it seems like it, it seems like when kenny powers and eastbound down goes down into like mexico and there's just like there's just so much bullshit that's not baseball happening yeah. inside the games yeah no i love i mean but i think this video it's obviously a, a very rare thing to see but it begs the question jared and something that i saw in the comments this is what we can uh we can wrap up here on you had to pick one guy in the big leagues right now that would be most inclined to be that upset about a call and to come out and start throwing fists with an umpire, like just starting a full fist fight with an umpire, one player in the big leagues. It's hard to pick one because you don't think many of them would, right? But there are some guys that are hot-headed, some guys that get fired up. Oh, man, that's a good one guy in the MLB. Like the the first uh, guy that I think of is maybe uh, like Amir Bryce. Garrett. <laughs> Amir Garrett is a really good one. Am, am, Amir Garrett on like a on like a ball four call that was like real close to lose a game. Yeah, fucking scrapped the umpire because yeah. last last time he did anything, he ran into the other team's dugout. So I have to I think he automatically gets put as the favorite for me. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think Amir Garrett's a good pick. Couple that I that come first to mind for me probably like Bryce Harper just because he's had so many fiery interactions with umpires. Yeah, he's a hothead. Yeah. I think yeah, he does hate umpires too. That's a good one. I think another guy would be like in a role as Chapman, mostly because he's obviously such an imposing figure, but like an umpire could be mouthing off to him or like blow a call or something. And like Chapman's gotten in some fights. And it's like, if anybody's going to be a guy that's actually like fully confident that he could beat the shit out of an umpire, it's got to be a role as Chapman. For those of you who haven't seen how that guy's fucking built. He's six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds, and he yeah, has like two percent body he looks, fat. He looks like a fucking Dragon Ball Z character. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like yeah. just like something that you're like, you're like, how does? And he's also like he's also had some. It fucking, makes sense why you throw a hundred. And he's also had yeah. some issues off the field. I'm just saying he's had some uh, he's had some anger issues. So I'm just saying, big big game, big play. Umpire blows it. Ball four to end the game. Like. Strike three, ball four, calls it a ball, should have been a strike, chases him off the field, like, chirping at him, and the guy tells him, like, he's soft, or he needs to... And Chapman would easily throw a fucking left hook. I mean, easily. Just catch the umpire. Yeah. And don't get or me wrong. old-ass umpires. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say, is, like, these umpires, it's not like they don't deserve it half the time, man. Holy shit. These guys are... Those guys are fucking assholes. Like, they are so powerful. And thank God, by the way... Joe West officially announced his retirement from the major leagues. I mean, holy shit. It's about fucking time that guy 
and about and about two dozen others honestly need to retire i mean guys that are just so bad but yeah no that was a uh, sort of our viral our viral video breakdown of the week is uh just your classic you know circumstance of a player and an umpire fighting i mean i think that's fucking obviously you'd never see it in actual professional leagues because that guy would be like that guy in in the in major league baseball like that guy's literally banned for life like he's never playing again but it was, um, it was so funny though, but it's so funny because it's like the thing is with that league and that type of situation is like that's probably happened before because the umpire was inclined no, it, enough to just it, start fighting back you know those latin those latin america it looks like a latin american league kind yeah of. it could be could be anywhere it probably is but those, those ones are fucking hilarious but those umpires down there don't give a shit like there's that one there was that video not too long ago about that guy that was just wasted that had to get pulled you see that one mm-hmm umpire was just clearly just, just stumbling on the third base yeah. just stumbling back and forth and they're like and they come up to him and like, you can't really you can't hear what they say obviously but you can just tell like they're like you drunk you're like nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. Stumbling around. yeah no but that just goes to show i mean fuck maybe maybe like one team per year gets allocated to like the guy gets exempt from a lifetime suspension like one game one play per year the guy is allowed to do it like the, like the manager's like all right go like go do it and he just runs out and like just fucking linebackers the home plate umpire like just lays him out like i wouldn't hate it i would fuck i love watching the. i mean those highlights would go fucking viral are you kidding me that shit would be awesome but anyways that will uh that will officially wrap up episode six we covered a lot of different topics here props more super bowl stuff um joe burrow again man we just can't get enough of that guy and for those of you who tuned in we appreciate it we'll be back later this week and then back after the super bowl and hopefully at that point we'll have some decent news to give you guys for baseball we'll try to uh start getting more tuned into or tuned towards baseball on the podcast maybe uh start to do some breakdowns on individual teams i think that'd be a good segment for for our listeners is Every episode we do, uh, we break down maybe two teams or three teams, talk about their status, break down where, where we see them finishing, things like that. Uh, but in the meantime, we got a big game on Sunday. We give you our picks, maybe some player props later in the week. Um, but the point is, you guys are all listening. For those of you who are, because you are phenomenal fans, uh, tuned into the Phenomenal Fan Podcast with Jared uh, and Ryan. And we appreciate you guys supporting. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. And uh, Jared, just make sure everybody knows, have to fade the under no matter what. No matter what. You gotta fade the under. Every time. You'll hate yourself if you don't. Exactly. Anytime, anytime that you bet on it, it won't hit. 100%. Right. Unless Jared bet on it, then yeah, that makes sense. But. Yeah, of course. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys later.